Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandma'sCatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Thursday, April 7th. Coming up, when a former Trump White House press secretary resigned, she moved to a tiny Kansas town where Donald Trump is widely revered. And then she wrote a book criticizing Trump. And I kept thinking like, oh, what's gonna happen here? Am I gonna have like Trump signs in my yard one morning? Or, you know, I'm not gonna lie, this is a very big Second Amendment part of the country. And so I'm not gonna lie that I thought like, should I? learn how to shoot a gun myself? Do I need protection? You know, I mean, I, those thoughts went through my head. We'll hear how Stephanie Grisham is doing in her adopted hometown of Plainville. Plus, people who give birth in Missouri prisons are separated from their babies after only 24 hours. One bill in the legislature could change that. But first, some headlines. The Casey Streetcar broke ground yesterday on construction of its extension from Union Station to the University of Missouri at Kansas City. Now that underground utility work is nearly finished on Main Street, officials say it will take about two more years to install the 3.5 miles of rail and infrastructure. UMKC Chancellor Molly Agrawal says the extension project will not only expand student mobility, it'll also help connect the public to the school. Officials say the streetcar system should be ready for testing in late 2024, with service starting sometime in 2025. The Missouri Supreme Court has declined to review a judge's decision nullifying the power of health officials to issue COVID-19 orders. KCUR's Dan Margulies reports Jackson and St. Louis counties and three county health departments made the request. The counties and health departments had wanted to skip an appeal to the Missouri Court of Appeals because of the uncertainty created by Cole County Circuit Judge Daniel Green's decision in November. But the Supreme Court said the matter must be heard in the Intermediate Appeals Court first. Green struck down regulations issued by the Missouri Health Department authorizing local authorities to issue mask mandates and other health orders. Green said the agency had unconstitutionally granted too much power to them. Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt, who has sued numerous jurisdictions over their mask mandates, declined to appeal Green's ruling. Jackson County and the other affected jurisdictions then sought to intervene in the case, but Green denied their request, prompting their appeal. The Missouri House of Representatives voted yesterday to pass a bill containing multiple anti-abortion measures. Sarah Kellogg reports. The underlying House bill that members passed on a 91 to 37 vote makes donating fetal tissue from abortions a felony. But a week earlier during first round approval, members added multiple anti-abortion amendments to the bill, including one allowing family members to file a wrongful death suit in the instance of a baby, quote, born alive after an abortion attempt dies. However, one amendment that did not make the cut was a proposal that criminalized the act of helping someone get an abortion. The bill still gained criticism from Democrats, including Representative Barbara Pfeiffer of St. Louis. A fetus is not important, more important than a woman who is already alive. And if I have to make a choice, I will always decide for women. The bill now goes to the Missouri Senate. A more contagious COVID-19 variant is now the dominant strain in the Kansas City area. But so far, it doesn't seem to be causing a surge of infections. KCUR's Alex Smith reports. 
The BA2 variant now comprises more than 54% of COVID cases in Kansas, Iowa, Nebraska, and Missouri, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. While the variant is driving case increases in the northeast U.S., infections in the Kansas City area have continued to decline. The metro area is averaging 64 new cases per day and 50 hospitalizations. Some mostly rural communities in Kansas and Missouri have seen isolated surges within the last week. Hey, thanks for listening to Kansas City Today. This daily news podcast is only possible thanks to you. As a nonprofit news station, KCUR relies on individual donations to make this podcast. So we don't rely on advertisers. We rely on you. If you haven't already, you can support our work with a donation of five or $10 a month at kcur.org support. And thanks. One of the nation's most prominent anti-Trump Republicans has taken refuge in an unlikely place, a remote rural Kansas town that is deeply and almost unanimously devoted to Donald Trump. KCUR's Frank Morris reports she has a warning for her Trump-loving neighbors. Stephanie Grisham stands squarely with Trump on gun rights and immigration. She thought he was a refreshingly blunt candidate. That's why she went to work for his 2016 campaign. Then she served all four years as First Lady Melania Trump's press secretary. For a time, she even doubled as White House press secretary. It was her dream job. But the Trump she got to know in person at times disappointed or even creeped her out. On the day of the Capitol insurrection, Grisham says she urged Melania Trump to tweet a message condemning the violence. When the First Lady refused, Grisham quit. Then she moved to Plainville, Kansas. It was just this really peaceful place that I thought would be a perfect place to kind of get over Trump world. Plainville is remote, half an hour off I-70 in western Kansas. Grisham had no previous connection to the place, except that her sister lives there. We would sit on the patio, and it's so quiet. And at night, you can see all the stars. Grisham bought an old house across from her sister's, fixed it up, and got busy on her next project. Then I started to write my book, and I kept thinking, like, oh, what's going to happen here? Am I going to have, like, Trump signs in my yard one morning or, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. This is a very big Second Amendment part of the country. And so I'm not going to lie that I thought, like, should I learn how to shoot a gun myself? Do I need protection? You know, I mean, I, those thoughts went through my head. In the book called I'll Take Your Questions Now, Grisham calls the Trump administration a, quote, clown car on fire running full speed into a warehouse full of fireworks. She paints Trump as cheap, needy, childish and dishonest. He's the ultimate con man. And now... I want to feel a responsibility to try to talk to the people that, I mean, I talk to all the time who think he's amazing. And I want to say, I understand that. I thought he was amazing. But I promise you, he's not in your corner. He's in Donald Trump's corner, period. Stephanie Grisham served in the Trump White House from the beginning until she tendered her resignation on January 6th. She saw a lot. Now she's saying a lot. Her bombshell new book is already trending. She's got to be all kinds of brave to do what she did. Plainville Times editor Candace Rachel knows this community intimately. She's lived here and covered it for the newspaper most of her life. Trump won this county with 86% of the vote. And Rachel says many here adore him. He's it. A lot of people in this town think he's the savior. Her and this lady had a lesbian love affair. <laughs> 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 You're going to go to hell. I'm telling on you. Shame on you. 
At the shortstop gas station in Plainville, folks like Lori Smith have heard that a former Trump staffer has moved to town, but can't say much beyond that. We just heard that she worked for Trump, and then that she kind of, like, basically turned on him or something, or said all of his bad stuff, I guess. Some in this town of 1700 consider Grisham a traitor, somebody out to make a buck by double-crossing Trump, but they didn't want to say that on the radio. Mostly, though, Grisham just keeps a low profile. She, she hides in plain sight here. Veterinarian Lauren Max says Grisham started bringing her dogs to the clinic and volunteering without ever mentioning her years in the Trump administration. And we really just see her as a typical dog person. But it cracks me up sometimes because I'm like, well, it's kind of a big deal, but all right. And out here, nobody really cares. At least as long as she keeps her thoughts on Trump to herself. But Grisham isn't doing that. He's not your savior and he's not looking out for you. And I am saying that as somebody who really thought he was. And I've got to try to figure out a way to express that to people. Some way that respects their devotion for Trump. Grisham says she's working with other disgruntled former Trump staffers on a campaign to prevent a second term. She says Trump would use presidential powers this time to exact revenge on anyone who may have crossed him. Like, for instance, Stephanie Grisham. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Frank Morris. Missouri lawmakers are considering a bill that would create a nursery for babies born to people in prison. The legislation has earned a broad coalition of rare bipartisan support. Nurseries in prison are shown to reduce recidivism and have long-term benefits for babies. Missouri News Network's Jana Rose Schleiss reports. In late June 1976, Barbara Baker gave birth to her son. We were able to stay together five days, you know, bonding with him. I got to feed him and have him in my room and stuff. But at the end of those five days, he went out one door and I went out another door. Baker was incarcerated. The next time she saw her baby, he was nine months old. Didn't know who I was, didn't even want me to touch him. You know, and and that was heartbreaking as well. Baker's mother took care of her newborn while she was incarcerated. She experienced postpartum depression from a prison cell. I felt empty. I was weak. It was just devastating to me. Traumatizing, I'll say. Baker's story echoes what incarcerated pregnant women in Missouri have been experiencing for decades. A bill making its way through the Missouri legislature attempts to change these circumstances by creating a prison nursery. The Correctional Center Nursery Program would allow women who give birth while incarcerated the chance to stay with their newborns in prison for up to 18 months. In a hearing, Senator Tony Luke DeMeyer explained the intentions of the program. The bill is designed to ensure that a mother and a child develop a strong bond and that the child avoids the foster care system and it dramatically reduces recidivism among the women participants. Currently, women who give birth while imprisoned in Missouri continue to serve their sentences after delivery and their infants are sent to live with family or are put into foster care. Prison nurseries have been established in nine other states, A fiscal analysis of the bill estimates implementing the program in Missouri would cost a million dollars. Representative Curtis Trent said the long-term impacts of the program are worth the cost. These children are going to be uh, our friends and neighbors and family members far into the future, and the the positive impact on them uh, is is worth whatever uh, minimal cost that might accrue to the state. 
Representative Bruce DeGroat called the current situation for pregnant women incarcerated in Missouri tragic. These women, uh, babies are literally ripped from their arms with 24 hours after birth. They stay up the entire 24 hours just to be with that baby. Jeff Smith is a lobbyist for Missouri Appleseed, an organization that works on criminal justice reform. Speaking from the state capitol, he points to how important the first months of life are to a child's development. When kids are able to attach to their mothers, they're much less likely to develop emotional problems such as depression, severe anxiety, um, or other things that can constrain their psychosocial and educational development. Sarah Schleymeyer, a lobbyist and executive director of the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, testified in support of the bill. Speaking from the Capitol, she said nurseries like this are also important for the health of incarcerated mothers. One of the things that is really a contributor to postpartum depression and anxiety is separation um, from your child. Representative Kimberly Ann Collins is a freshman lawmaker who has made criminal justice reform her focus. She was the first to co-sponsor the prison nursery bill. Collins knows this bill can change lives. When she saw that the cost of the program might deter support, she decided to speak up. I support the bill because it totally relates to my life. Um, I was born in St. Charles County Jail. In emotional testimony on the House floor, Collins revealed this information for the first time publicly. Collins spent time in the foster care system as an infant after she was separated from her birth mother who was incarcerated at the time. I didn't have that 18 months to spend with my biological mother and so that was that. The bill currently has 28 sponsors from both parties. However, during a session where gridlock and GOP infighting is the norm, its future is uncertain. In Jefferson City, I'm Jana Rose Schleiss. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Frank's story on Stephanie Grisham, visit kcur.org, where you can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.